The following is a sermon podcast from White Ridge Baptist Church. I tell you, if that doesn't get your uh, blood flowing, nothing will, especially on a blustery winter morning like this. Would you please stand with me as we read the scripture from Isaiah 60, 1 to 3, and 21 to 22 from the ESV. Arise, shine for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and the thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Your people shall be righteous, they shall possess the land forever, the branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I might be glorified. The least one shall become a clan, and the smallest one a mighty nation. I am the Lord. In its time, I will hasten it. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. Uh, It's my pleasure today to introduce to you our speaker this morning, Dr. Kenton Anderson. On June the 1st, 2021, uh, he became the 15th president of Providence University College and Theological Seminary. Dr. Anderson is also the sixth president I've had the privilege of working under uh, at my tenure of Providence, and I look forward to working together with him, as do all our faculty and staff. He is friendly, personable, and genuinely interested in people. Dr. Anderson and his wife, Karen, have three adult children and four grandchildren. He enjoys reading music, the arts, watching and playing all kinds of sports. Uh, you should see him cheering at Providence uh, team events. It's quite, an, it's quite a sight. They, they, they really, the, kids, uh, the students really enjoy it. Uh, Dr. Anderson comes to Providence from Northwest Baptist Seminary in Langley, BC, where he served for 26 years as president and professor of homiletics. He is a distinguished scholar and practitioner, best known for his research and work in developing a competency-based approach to Christian education. He also pastored full-time in Western Canada for 12 years and is well known for his expertise in homiletics, having taught and published four books on the topic, including his most recent integrative preaching from Baker Academic Press. Dr. Anderson is missional, focused, and has a vision for Christian higher education. And Dr. Anderson and Karen, you have many friends at WRBC, uh, grads, pastors, President and former board members, current students, and current employees that are here today. And I'm sure you would love to invite them all to Providence and probably even buy them a lunch. Uh, I think you could spring for that. But uh, welcome to Manitoba, to Manitoba weather and great football weather. Why don't you come up and join us? Thank you, Gary. I've learned uh, pretty quickly, Gary is Mr. Providence, and uh, just been there a long time, and had a tremendous impact on so many people, and I'm just delighted to know you, Gary, and to work with you, and uh, so many others. I see Ron over there, who's currently serving on our board at Providence. As, as you said, I mean, this, this, when I first got here, 
I, I went to one of our teammates and I asked him, I said, what are the churches that uh, love Providence? What, what are the churches that, that really build into the ministry of our school? And uh, White Ridge Baptist was at or near the top of the list. And I'm, I'm just really grateful to all of you, uh, our alumni, uh, board members, current and past, uh, those who've given sacrificially to help support our work. Uh, may your tribe increase. I can talk to you about that. <laughs> but uh, we're, just, we're just grateful to all of you for what you have meant to us. But, but here's the thing, it's not about us at the school. The school is about what happens here. The school is about what happens in the community. Our job is to work with you and work with others to prepare people, to see them raised up so that they are capable to do good things in the world that bless people, that uh, they, within the church and, and outside the church, just in the greater community, either through our university work or through our seminary work. Uh, our job is to try to help people uh, fulfill their potential and uh, be everything that God has called them to be. And it's just a really amazing thing for me to come to this province. I've spent most of my life, not all of it, but most of my life in British Columbia, which is still Western Canada, by the way. Uh, but uh, coming here to Manitoba, one of the things I noticed right away, of course, you've got your license plates with that little expression, friendly Manitoba. And just, I can bear witness, that is a thing. You guys are amazing, so friendly, and uh, I feel, Karen and I just spoke to each other as we were singing just now, we feel at home here already. Like from the first moment we walked in the door, the first person who greeted us, just the, the, the warmth of the welcome and the joy in singing together, this was, this was a really beautiful thing, and I just am grateful that I got to be a part of it here this morning. I, I do want to as, as I already have spoken, um, thank you and uh, give you greetings from Providence University College and Theological Seminary. We do have many opportunities that uh, you could be a part of, and we'd love to talk to you about that. Uh, some of you might be interested to know that our enrollment is holding up pretty well given the COVID situation. Uh, we managed to finish last year in the black, partly because of, uh, of uh, help from the federal government, which helped a lot of our businesses and organizations this last year. But uh, we have uh, struggled a little bit on the enrollment side, because, particularly because it's been harder for international students uh, to, to get here uh, in these last year or two. But uh, we're starting to see those things turn around. We've got some tremendous partnerships developing, which are going to take us in some new places. We're developing something really cool called the Center for On-Demand Education at Providence, which where we're taking everything we do in finding new creative ways to deliver the stuff in context through mentoring uh, in, according to the student and the uh, employers and the church's uh, interests and needs and demands. So uh, we're trying to actually shape the university and seminary around this sense of a service institution so that when you come to us as a church or as a business or as an individual person with ideas, with dreams, with ambitions, with goals and objectives, we want to shape ourselves as a school in your interest. We want to actually serve you. And so that means we got to make all kinds of adjustments and changes to how we operate in order to be more responsive to people and their needs. And that's my big vision for where we're going as a school here over the next few years. So um, 
Thank you for hearing my little pitch. Um, I know that's not really why I'm here right now. Uh, I'm here to open the word of God with you and see what he would have to say through his word by his spirit. And I thank you for that privilege. Could we just pray together for a moment? And we just want to say, Lord, we are grateful, so grateful, that we have been able to be present to you today in this place to worship together, to have a sense of that, you know, we were singing that word, Emmanuel, the God with us. We have that sense that you are indeed with us here this morning. And that you are speaking, you are alive, you are uh, leading, you have purpose for our, our, our families, our uh, ministries, our schools, our, our, our just our persons, Lord. You have purpose for us here this morning. You are taking us somewhere, you are leading us, and our job, Lord, is to be faithful, to be patient, to wait, and to be encouraged. And, uh, Lord, so as, as in that spirit, we come together in this place and just ask that you would speak a fresh way in this moment through your word and through me. I come in, Lord, as a relative stranger to this community, so I, I ask that you would help us to overcome the awkwardness of that and that you would just allow us to be able to hear each other and hear from your word and from your spirit. So speak, Lord. We'll, we'll be listening in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That last verse that Gary read for us, it's the one that gets me. The least one shall become a clan. The smallest one a mighty nation. I am the Lord. In its time, I will hasten it. Another version, the New International Version says, I am the Lord. In its time, I will do this swiftly. Time. Time is weird. Have you noticed that? Time is strange. You'd think it would be pretty straightforward, you know, like it's, it's distinct, uh, uh, precise, measurable units of, of time in space. Uh, you know, you've got seconds and minutes and hours and days and weeks and months and years. I mean, you go, time, it, it, it's, it's pretty precise, right? Like, like 60 seconds is 60 seconds, always has been, always will be. Uh, but on the other hand, when you experience time, it doesn't feel that way, does it? Sometimes it seems to move fast. Sometimes it feels like it's moving slowly. I always like to say uh, time moves swiftly in retrospect and slowly in prospect. <laughs> when you're looking backwards, it feels like time is like, where's it gone? How did I get to be this old? How did this happen? How did we get here so quickly? Uh, but then when we're looking forward to something, when we're waiting, and this is Advent, this is the season of waiting, right? As we are looking forward, as we're waiting, we wonder, is it ever going to come? Is it ever going to happen? It moves fast when we look ba backwards, slow when we look forwards. And I don't really understand this. Uh, William James, the philosopher and psychologist from the 19th century, said, where is this present? It is melted in our grasp, fled ere we could touch it, gone in the instant of its becoming. <laughs> I think that's true. 
I feel that so often as we wait for good things to happen in the world, as we wait for the end of COVID, if that's even gonna happen, if we, as we wait for um, things to happen in our families, as we wait for opportunities to present themselves, as we wait for the coming of our Lord Jesus. Waiting's hard. Waiting's hard. They talk about prisoners who are waiting in their cells, and they talk about them doing time, right? Doing time as if time is something that has to be worked and worried. You know what I'm talking about? Have you felt that? Sometimes time is hard. You wait. I, I, you may have seen the movie several years ago, uh, 12 Years a Slave. Do you remember that? I, I remember watching that. That the story of this uh, slave plantation in the deep south of the United States and uh, the tremendous persecution, the tremendous pain and suffering experienced by those people. And there was a scene in the movie where uh, the, the community of slaves gathered around a graveside of one of their beloved and they sang together. And they sang together about Jordan. Roll on Jordan, they sang. And you could just sense the pathos, the, uh, the depth of their hope and their waiting and their agonizing over the slow passage of time as they waited for a better future, as they waited for an opportunity. They had promises that they held dear, promises from God. But when will they come? How will it happen? Will it ever come? Will it ever happen? And I thought about that as I was reading this passage. This is an incredible part of God's word. If you go back to chapter 59, verse 20, it talks about a redeemer that will come. A redeemer will come to Zion, to those in Jacob who turn from transgression, declares the Lord. There will be opportunity for forgiveness. There will be the possibility of grace because a redeemer will come. This is my covenant, verse 21. My spirit that is upon you, my words that I put in your mouth, it shall, shall not depart out of your mouth or out of the mouth of your offspring, out of the mouth of your children's offspring from this time forth and ever, forevermore. You can count on this. A redeemer is coming. So, verse, chapter 60, verse one. Arise, shine, your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Yeah, darkness shall cover the earth, thick darkness upon it, the peoples, but, but the Lord will arise upon you in his glory. The glory of God will be seen upon you, and nations from all over the world will come to your light, and kings, rulers, authorities will come to the brightness of your rising. Imagine how this promise felt to these people, the people of Israel who are in captivity banished from their homeland to Babylon for year after year after year, decades and decades of captivity, of oppression, of slavery. But they had this promise, this vision of something incredible, this vision of, of 
uh, people gathering and coming to you. Your sons, verse 4, shall come from afar, your daughters carried on the hip, and then you will see and you will be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and exalt because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. Uh, skipping down, verse 10, foreigners will build up your walls. Imagine that foreigners building their walls their kings shall minister to you and they're hearing this in their captivity in their pain in their suffering verse 11 your gates shall be open continually day and night they shall not be shut that people may bring to you the wealth of their nations <laughs> the glory verse 13 the glory of lebanon shall come to you the cypress the plain the pine verse 14 the sons of those who afflicted you those who have hurt you, those who have caused your pain, they will come, their sons will come, and they will bend low to you. <laughs> they will bow down at your feet. Verse 15, whereas you had been forsaken and hated, I will make you majestic forever, a joy from age to age. Verse 17, instead of bronze, I'm gonna bring you gold. Instead of wood, bronze. Instead of stones, I'm going to bring you iron. I'll make you your overseer's peace and your taskmaker's righteousness. There'll be no more violence. No more violence, verse 18. <laughs> Devastation or destruction, all that's over. Verse 19, the sun, the sun shall be no more. Can you imagine? Why? Why would the sun be no more? Your light by day, nor for brightness shall the moon give you light. Why? Because the Lord, the Lord himself will be your everlasting light and your days of mourning shall be ended. Your people shall all be righteous. They shall possess the land forever. The least one shall become a clan, the smallest one a mighty nation. But the question is, the question always is, when great promises lord but when how long do we have to wait in prospect of these hopeful things these beautiful amazing visions how long do we have to wait for this to happen and the answer comes at the very end of the chapter verse 22 i am the lord in its time, I will hasten it. I, I'm struck by this. It's, it's, it's kind of oxymoronic, you know, this combination of disparate elements, this, this combination of patient suffering with this idea of swiftness. The, the length of time hastened accomplished as the work of an instant time <laughs> well there's some things we, we can understand about time this theologically I suppose you know as we understand who God is and what he's doing I mean we understand God is eternal right which which means that God stands outside of time this is the God we read where where a thousand years is like a day and a day is as a thousand years we exist in the middle of time and space. We experience everything we experience a moment at a time, a day at a time. We've got to, we've got to work through it. But God sees it all as one grand thing. God is eternal. God is actually the creator of time. 
Time is the canvas that he is painting his picture upon. It, it's, the, it's the venue in which he engages us in this world to teach us, to show us, to draw him to, us to himself, to help us understand suffering and the joy and glory that can come from it as he leads and as he works. We, we, gotta, we gotta sweat it. We gotta work it. We gotta do it. But God stands above it. And God in his eternity sees the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. Jesus was described as the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. So we can have confidence. Theologians use the word um, prolepsis. It's a weird word, but what it means is we understand the future as if it's already come. And that's what we were doing this morning as we sung. We were, we were bearing witness to the promise, to the hope, to the understanding that there is a God who is great, who is doing amazing things, even though we don't understand it or see all of it in its fullness in our present moment. We still, by faith, believe and know that the thing that is promised is actual, is in this moment. It's real, and it can be relied upon. Because God himself is eternal and his promises are faithful. Now, the thing about time that's worth noting is that it's going somewhere, right? We're not just on this hamster wheel. We're not just like turning circles, going round and round and round on an endless Mobius strip. No, time has a trajectory. It is going somewhere. God is doing his thing. He is perfecting his promise in his time. And he's urgent about it. God is urgent for his promise within the timing of his purpose. That's the thing you can take away with you here today if you want. You could remember that. God is urgent for his promise within the timing of his purpose. I mean, you know, there's a, there's a couple of words, original Greek words that are in the Bible that describe time. If you've been around church for a while, you may have heard this before. There, there's two kinds of time, chronos time and kairos time. And chronos time is, is, you know, like watch time, calendar time, minutes and seconds and days and weeks and all of those sorts of things, measurable time. But kairos time speaks to something a little more purposeful, a little more difficult sometimes to put your finger on and measure. Kairos time is about that moment in time, the fullness of time. When God is doing his thing from outside of time and he, he brings it into time at just the right time. How long, Lord? How long do we have to deal with this, wearing our masks and keeping our distance? How long do we have to suffer? How long do we have to remain in captivity? When will the promise be fulfilled? How long? I am the Lord. In its time, I will do this swiftly. But keep reading. Keep reading. That's just a good idea. Whenever you're in scripture and you, and you, you kind of get stuck on something, keep reading. Because there's usually something more to come. 
chapter 61, verse one. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and on it goes. Does that sound familiar to you? It might because we read those exact same words in Luke chapter four, those exact words. And Luke chapter four is the story of when Jesus came back to his hometown in Nazareth. A long time had happened, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years since this, uh, these words were first, first spoken. And Jesus has been born, we celebrate that at Christmas. He grew up, he became, began his ministry and, and uh, began to be known for his amazing works, his amazing words. He returns back to his hometown, to the home synagogue, you might say, in Nazareth. And he's come to, to the synagogue services and he's listening to the readings from the scripture. And then the moment comes and Jesus stands up. And he walks over in, to the place where the, the scrolls were gathered. And he, he takes one out, the scroll of Isaiah. And he unrolls it to this exact place that we have been reading. Isaiah 61, verse 1. And he reads these words. These words about a promise fulfilled. These words about a hope realized. And when he finishes, he rolls the scroll back up. He replaces it in the jar. And he goes, and he sits down again. And you could hear that proverbial pin drop all the way from heaven. And he said to them, said, today, today, right now, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. It's time. This is the time, Kairos time, the fullness of time, Jesus time. And now we find ourselves in between the times. The time of Jesus' first coming and his second. And we find ourselves again asking those same old questions. Oh Lord, how long? Can we hold on? Can we be patient? Can we wait? And I know it's hard. It really is. Like, I'm not just, like, it's hard, right? Like, there's lots of amazing things. We come here and we sing these songs and we share our lives together in, in church and it's a beautiful thing, it's a hopeful thing, but we go back out and it's hard. Life, you know, money, people, COVID. <laughs> it's hard. And we ask, how long, oh Lord? I am the Lord. In its time, 
in the fullness of time, when it's just the right time, I will do this swiftly, so swiftly it'll make your head spin. <laughs> I remember years ago, uh, long, many, many, many years ago, like 40 years ago, uh, before Karen and I were married, and uh, we were dating at the time in the city of Calgary, and, and uh, I was new to the city. She grew up there. I didn't know that many people yet. And she decided to go off to London, England for a month of vacation, which was a terrible thing to do to me. Uh, I, I don't know why, if she really did love me, why she would do something like that. But, uh, but she left for a month. And so I went out to the, uh, to, I don't know, Shoppers Drug Mart or something and got a, like a calendar, you know, one of those calendars with the big squares in it. And I put it on my wall. And it, I tell you, I worked that time. Like every day that went by, I would go up and mark a big X through, through, the, through the square as I waited waited for her return. And you know what? One day she did. <laughs> and I went to the airport and went to meet her and, and I saw her come, come through the gate and we embraced and I tell you, like in that moment, it was like all that waiting had never even happened. You know what I'm talking about? Like in that moment, it was like the work of an instant. I am the Lord, and I will do this in its time. I will hasten it. God is urgent for his promise. He's just not sitting around. There's something going on. God is urgent for his promise, but within the timing of his purpose, and so we wait. We wait, knowing that if we try to rush the timeline, we might miss the blessing. And so we wait knowing that God has, God has purposes in mind that we could only begin to imagine. And so we wait, knowing that, that sometimes good things require time to develop and to cook and to, <laughs> to become just, just right. And so we wait in confidence that he is the Lord. And in its time, he will do this and it will feel like the work of an instant. Oh, Lord Jesus, how long? How long till we shout the glad song? Till we see you face to face till we experience the blessing of your promise fulfilled. Lord, you've blessed us in so many ways. You've shown us so many things. You've given us glimpses moment by moment, opportunities to, to recognize your presence and to, to see progress from time to time. But we look forward to fulfillment, Lord. We look forward to the the whole thing, all of what you have promised, all of you, what you've imagined for us. And, 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 and yet we do it with confidence, Lord. We do it in faith. We do it with a certain hope, knowing that just as you fulfilled the promise to the people of Israel the first time, you will fulfill your promise to us. We just need you to help us to be patient, Lord. 
because it's hard for us, Lord. We're dealing with things. Lord. Some of us are struggling with money. Some of us are, are having a hard time with our families. Some of us are, are, are just, our health is a concern, Lord. We're, we're worried about another winter dealing with COVID, Lord. We're wondering if we're ever going to be able to be back to normal or if this new variant is going to just throw us back to where we were before. We don't know. We don't know, Lord. We don't know how to handle some of these things. We don't know where to get what we need sometimes. We don't know where to find the friend uh, that, that, that could encourage us, where to find the, the meal that, that would nourish us, where to find what we're looking for. And so we look to you, knowing that you are a promise keeper and knowing that if we can just be patient, by your grace, we will see the promise fulfilled in your time. So help us, Lord. Help us to be patient. Help us to wait this Advent season. And may you give us the grace to recognize the good things that you're doing, the incremental steps sometimes that you're using to fulfill your purpose in this world. We trust you, Lord. We really do. It's hard, but we trust you. And we look forward to what you will do in us and through us in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Andy. I want us to, uh, as we gather at the Lord's table this morning, I want us to marvel afresh at the grace of God. Um, if you could just think about that incredible event in the fullness of time, uh, Christ coming down to this earth and accomplishing in those years what he needed to before he was crucified. And we gather at this table to marvel at that grace of God. The word of God says, Paul, in 2 Corinthians 8, that you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. And we know that that riches of grace was extended to all the nations that are represented on this earth and that will ever be represented on this earth. And we know that this grace has been extended to every sinner that gets to be adopted in, grafted in by the mercy of God. And so if you consider that you're one of those that have responded to the grace of God and said yes to Jesus, yes, Lord, um, you are invited. The, the risen Christ invites you to partake of the meal today in, in remembering that supreme sacrifice that was given for you and for me. And so if you have this little artificial piece <laughs> that we've been having to do during COVID, this wafer that's on the top portion under the cellophane and then the juice that's underneath, uh, would you put, t take of that just now? And, and I'm just going to lead us in prayer. And I'm going to ask that uh, the Lord would be present as we partake of this meal together as the body of Christ here on earth. Let's pray. And now, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we acknowledge that we are so poor. And God, even as... You came in poverty to be born in a manger, a crude wooden manger. And then, Lord, you lived as a refugee for a while and 
poor in Egypt, and, and then you moved to Nazareth, and you were poor, and you worked your, your, your years, and, and at the end, Lord, you were put on a crude wooden cross. And Father, you know what it means to reside in your son in, in the poverty of humanity. We have this treasure in jars of clay. Oh God, we are crude vessels, but you've chosen to have your spirit live within us. And uh, it's all because of your grace and, and it's because of our, our faith in Jesus. And we just thank you, Lord, for all of this. And we thank you now as we gather at this table that we get to partake of this wafer that represents your body that was literally hung on the cross in our place as our substitute. And we thank you for this juice that represents your blood that was squeezed from your body and, and that bled. And it was because of our sin. And so we are receiving today as a reminder this incredible fresh grace that sustains us in relationship with you and has promised us eternal life and forgiveness of sin. And so would you receive our gratitude and our recommitment to live under your lordship. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you open the wafer and the cup and partake it now together? For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. God bless you. Amen. Lord God, we thank you for the gift of your son. And we thank you that we do live in a time where you have already sent Jesus, where he has already been born, where he has already died for sin, where he has already risen again. That can't be taken away from us ever. That's the time that we are in. And we're also in this time where we're looking forward to his return. And what a beautiful picture we've heard this morning of when that happens, all of this waiting will seem like it never happened because it will be time and Jesus will be there and we will be with you in a new way and we look forward to that. And we will praise your name forever. And Lord God, I pray that you would just bless us as we wait and give us what we need as we wait to keep our hearts focused on you, to keep our walk towards you. And I pray, Lord, that you'd be blessed as we do that. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to be transitioning.